It'll go tonight and next week. And uh, I believe it's going to be powerful because the Word of God is powerful. You know, Scripture presents a direct relationship between prayer and the activation of the Spirit in spiritual warfare. Now, we've all maybe heard the term, used the term spiritual warfare, but you know what would be interesting? If I started to pass this microphone around in this facility, where most of us probably believe the same theological things, I think we'd be find it very interesting to hear what people would say that they think spiritual warfare is. And so, whether you fully understand it, whether you fully acknowledge it even, we're all in a spiritual battle. Now, we can go ahead and just not think about it or focus on something different, but whether you understand or acknowledge it, you are in a spiritual battle. Paul writes to the Ephesian church and he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. We cannot stand long term if we are not a praying people. We can't. Prayer gives access to spiritual power. Prayer is what will give victory when the battle is intense. And so tonight, week one of this series, Preparation for Spiritual Warfare. Would you pray, God, Lord, help us tonight, Lord Jesus. Your word is life-changing. It's powerful. It's amazing. Lord God, it teaches, trains, convicts. Lord, it, it, it's there, and it doesn't need any help or assistance. But God, we, Lord, as we start to look at this topic, and we try to wrap our physical brains around the concept of what is taking place in the spiritual realm, we've got to have your assistance. We have to have your spirit enlightening us. And Lord, so I would pray for that tonight, that you would speak through me and help every heart and mind to receive, Lord God, what it is you want us to see, and then not only see, but do something with it. And so, God, help us tonight in your precious name, we pray. Amen. You know, there's no comparison between the power of Satan and the power of the Spirit. You know, you got the, of course, we've heard this, the opposite, the opposites game, you know, um, and, and so people will go through, what's the opposite of light and dark? What's the opposite of open and closed? And what's the opposite of God? And everybody's like, the devil. There's, there's no chance that that's the case. Now, the devil tries to oppose the will and plan of God, but he's not an opposite to God. He, he, he's in one place at one time, limited power. He, 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 he's not, there's no opposite to God. Like that, there's no comparison between the power of our flesh and the power of the Holy Ghost that's living inside of us. And if that's the case, though, then why, oh, why do we not live every single moment of our life victorious. Why? Because our victory is only going to take place when we tap into the Spirit of God. Why? Because Scripture tells us there is a battle, 
The battle is not physical. It's a spiritual battle. Therefore, we cannot fight a spiritual battle by physical means. But yet, that's what we understand. We understand the physical element of things. Well, so you can tonight, you can say, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to aim to change my thoughts. I'm going to try to serve more, be in church, give sacrificially. I'm going to try to be a better person. And those are great things. They're admirable things. They're admirable things. But if we do not pray, if we are not people of prayer, we're only going to accomplish what flesh can accomplish. And that can get us far on this life and earth. People say, flesh can't accomplish nothing. Yes, it can. That's why Jesus, that's why God in the Old Testament, he says, hey, look at the Tower of Babel. Nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. The power of human will and human unity, you can accomplish absolutely incredible world-altering things. But in the spiritual realm, you're not going to have victory if all we do is walk in the flesh. And so we secure the involvement of the Spirit of God in our lives only through prayer. We can be religious, go to church, serve, read the Bible, do all these things, but we only through prayer is how we secure the involvement of the Spirit of God in our lives and in the spiritual realm. Although we live and participate in this natural world, we have life in the Spirit that extends beyond this place and the situations that we face today. And that's why sometimes we, 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 we have limited scope, like, oh, it's a tough day, it's a bad day, I'm struggling here, I'm doing this. And, and so we, we sometimes get limited to, like, what is going on right here, right now in my situation. But there is a grander scope, there's a bigger scope, there's a spiritual realm out there, and there, are, there is definitely spiritual things that go on that we probably are not even fully aware of on a given day. And so... Our enemy, we must remember, is a fallen angel, a spirit being. And so he does, not ha- he does not war in the physical realm. It certainly appears that way sometimes when we look at his fingerprints in society. But even the things we face today, the things our, our kids face in school, they're spiritual things. Okay, we're not even some of the things being discussed in politics. Okay, it's not just it's not just a, 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 a Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian or a Green Party or it's not it's not it's not conservative liberal. It's not all these things that people painted out to be. There are very spiritual things at play. And so I've said this before that many think that we live in a physical world that has this spiritual element. But it's, 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 it's actually flip-flopped. It's vice versa. We live in a, in, a, in, a, in a spiritual world that just has a brief passing moment of a physical element. And I think we have to get that in our head because sometimes we get consumed with the vapor rather than eternity. And so our enemy, since he's a fallen angel or a spirit being, we must have weapons that are superior to our natural being. And so we need to tap into something that is super otherworldly, supernatural, in order to live life in constant victory. If we don't learn to live there, because I think... We would all have an element of like, hey, I want to please God. I understand. Oh, yes, I want to pray more. Like, we get those things. But if we don't learn to live in that, in that realm, 
we will start to learn to accept living in defeat and simply occasionally tasting moments of victory. And that's a concern to me because I feel like overall the American church, we've kind of gotten to that place. Like, we love powerful services, powerful songs, powerful altar calls, and we love the taste of victory. But I feel like what God is trying to do now is transition this church, our church, his church, to go beyond tasting moments of victory and starting to walk in victory. To where we can go, the spiritual realm is, is real, it exists, and I want to start to understand things, and I want to start to walk in that. I don't, I'm not content with moments, tastes of victory, where it's an occasional altar go, well, that was a powerful service, that was a great weekend, that was a really great message, oh, that was such a beautiful song, I felt the power and presence of God in that moment. Whereas we can start to say, no, I was singing a song on Monday morning. I came home and I was walking around my house on Tuesday evening. I, I, on Friday, when I, when I got home from dinner with friends, the power and presence of God entered my home, my living room, my bedroom. And I just, I, I, I started to feel the brush of angels' wings. I started, and I, and I recognized that instead of just, oh, I started fighting with my spouse. And man, we just fight. No, I realized something spiritual was going on. And I said, in the name of Jesus, this is not welcome here. I take dominion over this. And I started to be more aware of the spiritual realm of what God is looking to accomplish. What, what God wants to do in our lives right now is not going to be limited to Sunday altar calls. And so to get the depth where he wants to take us, we have to understand spiritual warfare, the spiritual realm, and be aware of what God's looking to accomplish in our lives. Now I know this is probably stuff I'm not going to say on Sundays because not everybody's ready for this. And honestly, I don't know if all of us are ready for this. But what God's trying to do is it's an invitation. He's going, now let me show you. I'm not just going to say, go deeper in God, go deeper in God, play, praise God, the altars are open, it's time to go deeper in God. Now we start to go, okay, how? What does this look like? What are we going to do to start to go deeper today? And so I don't want to just live from altar call to altar call, from service to service, from speaker to speaker, from conference to conference. That's not God's will for your life. But you see, even powerful services can sometimes almost be a trick from the enemy. What do, I, what do I mean by that? Because if you can just taste victory once in a while, it's enough to keep you from hungering for more. Because man, I mean, four or five weeks ago, wow, all oh, that time when Brother Cisco came, oh my goodness, what a powerful altar call. And we can live on that service for a while. And we go, man, we, we felt God. God's here. God has plans for our church. We are blessed. Oh, God is so good to us. And we're content with that. And it carries us for, for, for long periods of time. But we don't live in victory. We tasted it. And God is going, no, no, no. That was not just a powerful service. That was an invitation to walk in victory. That was an invitation to go to a different realm in the spirit. 
And so in order to do this, we have to learn to live and walk in the spirit. As long as we live in these fleshly bodies with a fallen nature, we must engage in spiritual warfare to overcome. God anticipated that this challenge was on the horizon for us. It's not like he was like, oh my goodness, oh, my kids, my, my children, my, my church, they've gotten, it's so intense, the battle, I'm so scared for them, I hope they hold on. No, he anticipated this. From the very beginning of time, he says, I'm going to give you four curses. And one of the curses is, uh, you're going to bruise my heel, but I'm going to crush your head, Satan. And eventually you start to read about Old Testament prophets that start to talk about this outpouring of a spirit, about how God's going to write his law in our hearts and, and all these things. Why? Because he knows that, hey, I can see I'm the first and last, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. And I know that there's going to be a fallen world. I'm going to know there's going to be need for redemption, for salvation. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my spirit inside my people so that they can walk in victory. And so he also made the spiritual weapons available uh, through prayer and through connection to him. Because if all you're trying to do when you face moments of temptation and trials is go, I got to try harder. I got to try and teach my brain to think when this happens, I have to try to, to go do something else. No, you're trying to do things in your own flesh. Where if we start to go, no, this is a spiritual moment right here. This is not a flesh moment. This is a spiritual moment. And so, no, I'm not going to turn to the alcohol, to the pornography, to the smoking. I'm not going to turn to the cussing and anger and punching walls. I'm not going to turn to the fighting with my spouse. I'm not going to turn to these things. No, I'm going to say, stop, hold it. This is a spiritual moment. This is not a fleshly moment. God, right now I invite you into this situation. I acknowledge that this is not just the enemies here. You're here. You're present. You filled me with your spirit. And so right now I take dominion. I take authority over this situation. And so we have to start to live this way. I want this so bad for me and for our church because it's not just about a message. Go deeper. God's called us deeper. And then we sit on his promise and go, I can't wait for that to happen. No, this is time for the church to rise up. And Paul explains how we can do this. And he starts to say to the Ephesian church, he goes, he goes because of this, therefore... He says, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the devil. Again, there's that resisting the devil. Resist the devil. I haven't heard Brother Jim say that in a while. Resist the devil. And after the battle, he says, you will be standing firm. The goal is to be standing firm. Stand your ground, he says, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor for God's righteousness, for shoes. Put on the, the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Do you understand the picture he's, he's painting here? You are in an intense battle. Like, we, we, we don't think about this sometimes. 
walk to work, drive to work, punch our time clock, go over here, do what we need to do, go home, make dinner, get the kids to school, get them up, fight them for, brush your teeth, go to bed. Hey, it's, I said it's your bedtime, now let's go. And I want electronics. No, you've already had enough electronics. And we're doing all this stuff. Wake up. Okay, brush your teeth. You didn't brush your teeth. Okay. We're doing all this and we're going through life. And then, oh, praise God, we got to go serve at church, go to church. Praise God, got the praise team practice. We got to go prepare for our lesson. We got to do this. Oh, wow, we're, we're serving. We're walking with God and we're, we're just living life. We're, we're religion in, in God. He's a part of our lives. I wouldn't say that anybody here is, is unaware of God or backslid. No, that, that he's, he's, a, he's a component. I would even say he's a, a large component of our lives. But yet I, I read this and I go, no, my goodness, it's not just about having a bad day or a good day or coming to church or trying to watch my temper or be a good person. I read this and I go, hey, he's saying there's a battle. You better stand firm. You better put on armor because arrows are being shot at you and he wants you to fall. But I'm telling you to stand because at the end, I still want you standing when he wants you down and out for the count. And so we have to read this again. And go, no, this is serious. This, is, this has eternal consequences. Every day that we live, there's eternity in, that, that hangs in the balance. Now, I'm not saying that as a means like God hangs you over hell and goes, make a mistake. If you do, I'm going to drop you. No, it's a God of grace. It's not the God we serve. But the, the plan that God has for us is to walk in victory and to not get consumed with all the things that are going on every day in the world. It's not just just about how we look or how much we weigh or how strong we are, or how much money we make or what our position is. No, this is all but a vapor. It's all going to burn. But he's looking at you and me and going, but there's eternity that hangs in the balance. And I'm calling my church, I'm calling my people to begin to understand this. That's why way back Paul's writing to this church in Ephesus going, put on God's armor. You've got to learn to stand on your own two feet. You've got to learn to put on a breastplate and you got to learn to put on a helmet and, and, and fiery arrows are going to be going flying everywhere and get your shield up. He says, put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for believers, all believers everywhere. This, this is an intense passage of scripture. Sometimes I think we can get lost in what these things are, but I want you to see something. God filled us with his spirit, and he promises victory if we walk in it. Oh, yes, God, he, he, it's he, his blood, his cross, his spirit, absolutely. But we don't just sit back and go, I'm victorious because he is. Yes, you're, there's an element of that that is correct. But we have to learn to walk in that victory. If he provides armor and we wake up in the morning and go, man, that's a lot of armor, a lot of preparation for the day. I think I'm going to go to work today without the armor on because I don't have time to put it on. Well, then how dare we go, God, where are you? I'm not walking in victory and you promised victory. And he's going, dude, I gave you a closet full of armor that you didn't even touch today. That's not him letting us down. That's us choosing not to walk in victory. 
And so God will never, he never lost a battle. He will never enter a battle and lose. Like, I know that's cliche, but think about that. He never goes into a battle that he retreats. He never enters a battle that he loses. He never even gets behind in the score. It's simply, so why do we as spirit-filled humans lose our battles at times? It's simply because we have fought them in the flesh rather than the spirit. We have not prepared. We've not put the armor of God on. But even though the spirit is what has all power, notice in that passage, and that just, it was just so revelatory. I was, I was reading this, and I'm just going, look at the words that are used. Stand firm. Put on. Hold up. Pray. Stay alert. Be persistent. That is him going, I've already won. But if you're going to walk in victory, you better do these things. You better equip yourself with what I've given you. You better put on, stand firm, hold up, stay alert, be persistent. That puts a whole lot of responsibility on me. Not that I can save myself because if without the cross, without the spirit, we don't have a chance. So he's given us the tools. He's equipped us. But if we wake up and say, I'm too busy to put the armor on. I don't see the importance of the armor. I think I can make it today without the armor. I'm not really facing anything that big. No, 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 no. Every single day that you live, there is spiritual warfare. There is a battle. As you walk into your workplace and you see, oh, I just see this, and this is happening, and there's tension here. No, there's a whole lot of things going on at your workplace that are going on in the spiritual realm realm that you don't even see. And you are a warrior of God walking into that place to be salt and light on a hill. God's calling you. And if we are not equipping ourselves, we will not be victorious. It's a call to action for the church to prepare for battle. I don't want to just sit back and go, oh, God promised. Oh, we're blessed. Oh, we are blessed. Refuge Church is blessed. We're blessed with great people, great talent, great God's blessed finances. God has blessed us. I hear praise teams, Bible quizzing. Y'all don't even know. Churches don't come back with trophies and nationals clinching all throughout all divisions. That's crazy. God's hand of blessing and favor is upon us. But I will not sit here and go, man, God's blessing and favors upon us. This is just going to be a cool ride. No, I'm going because of that to whom much is given, much is required. I want to go, God, I want to go deeper in you. Help me reveal things. I want to see things. I want to, I want to experience this. Show me your glory, God. So Ephesians, he's 6.13. Look at this again. I just referenced it, but I want you to see this. Therefore, he says, put on every piece of God's armor. Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. 15, for shoes, put on the peace. Now, and the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. He's looking at you going, you better make sure you're fully prepared. You ever go to leave the house in the morning? You're like, guys, I told you to get the grass. And the kids are like, I'm still in my pajamas. Did you brush your teeth? No. What are you doing? I told you to get ready. Be fully prepared. Why? You got, you got to get, at some point, I don't expect a newborn to get fully prepared. I'm not expecting Asher. When Michael and Rachel come and go, why are you not ready for church, Asher? You didn't, put your diaper on. 
But at some point, if my 14-year-old daughter is still laying in bed, I'm going I'm to treat her different than I would Asher. Because there's growth, there's maturity that comes. We, if for us, if your only spiritual meal is on Wednesday nights and Sunday afternoons, you're beyond that. You're further than that. Prepare yourself. Get in the word. Feed yourself spiritually. And he says in verse 16, in addition to all these, hold up. Verse 17, put on. Take the sword. Verse uh, seven, uh, 18, pray in the spirit. Stay alert. Be persistent. Look at all these things through this armor. It's not just God does this and he provides all these things. No, no. He's looking at us going, get up. Stand firm. Put on. Stay strong. Hold up. Get prepared. Be persistent. You've been called. You have been summoned by God himself. He's looking at you, not just you, Refuge Church. He's looking because churches aren't made up of buildings and names and logos. It's made up of people. What makes this church powerful is not the location, not the name, not the website, not the lights, not the chairs. It doesn't matter where we worship as we have learned. We can go at 2 p.m., 10 a.m. We can go at night. We can go Saturday night. It does not matter. God's power, his grace, his strength is still the same. Okay. Okay? But for us, he's looking at us going, what do I have for you? I'm summoning you. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you into something deeper. I am calling you to equip yourself for battle, to engage in the spiritual realm. Yeah. And notice the keys to victory end with persistent prayer. We cannot live in victory without persistent prayer. We cannot engage in the spiritual battle without prayer. If you're thinking tonight, you're just going to go home and say, I take dominion over every, the prince and power of the air of this city. And you start to call out the prince and power of the air in your city. And you're not planning on praying from this. You might as well not even call that out. Because if what God says is real and there is fiery darts in an intense battle... I'm not, I don't want to invite the battle to my home and then, and then disengage. By persistent prayer in the spirit, we receive spiritual understanding, spiritual strength, spiritual protection, spiritual armor, and thus spiritual victory. You see, receiving the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, this was not just a get-out-of-jail-free card that gets you into heaven. It's a pass, and Peter's at the pearly gates, and you go, hey, I got the card. And he goes, cool, you're in. Go ahead. You're in room 428. No, that's not what it is. It was a promise from God, an intentional plan from him to equip you to remain victorious as you walk in the world and understand the spiritual realm. He gave you his spirit to cover, to strengthen, to equip you. Romans 8.22, he says, For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. What a picture. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, a foretaste of future glory. The Spirit is just a foretaste. For we long for our bodies to be released from this sin and suffering. This world is not our home. And if you're struggling in your walk with God, it might be because you're getting too consumed with the things of this world. My body is not, this is not it. I'm longing for something eternal. 
We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he's promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Anyone here have any weaknesses? Some of you don't. That's awesome. But Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, which if Paul is going to say this, there obviously are things God wants us to pray for. Simple logic there. But the Holy Spirit prays for us yeah. with groanings and that cannot be expressed in words. Why? Because again, if you're trying to live in the spiritual realm, Paul says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. You were given a prayer language. Your daily prayer should not just be in tongues. It should not just be in English. It should be both. There should be, he says, I pray in my understanding. I pray in, in, in tongues. And so for you, for us, there is, we shouldn't, oh, well, I'm just going to pray in English every day. No, God has given you a prayer language. You do not need an organ, a, pair, a set of drums. You don't need a praise team. You don't need to be in a church building. He says, but the Holy Spirit prays and groanings cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, even though you don't. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. You can call this some, some Star Trek, Star Wars stuff that's out there. And, and no, this is Scripture. This is the Bible. If you believe the Bible, then you better believe this passage that God did not just give you his spirit and have you speak in tongues as a get out of jail free card or just a check mark off a list that uh, to get salvation, this is what I need to do. No, he says, I have given you this not only to help empower you as you walk in victory in daily life, but also part of what is going to give you victory is to pray in that very language that I've filled you with. And so you might be praying going, I don't understand. If you've ever been like this where, you, where you're praying and you're just kind of like feeling just kind of an, an intensity and, and you're not even sure, maybe you're not connecting with God or maybe you have this huge burden that comes over you and you just don't know what to pray and, and maybe somebody comes to your mind and you're just like, oh, they must be going through something right now and you just feel God just settle down and sometimes you're not even sure it's God because it's just a heavy burden and all of a sudden you just begin to speak in tongues. You just begin to, to pray and just begin to, to cry out in that heavenly language. Okay, scripture is saying that when you do that, that the spirit is making, it's making for groanings that cannot be uttered. It's making utterance for groanings that can't, there's no words for those things. And so that part of that receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, the promise that he gave us, which, which if God is saying, I want you to pray always in this manner, and I've given you this, 
Don't ever think for a moment, well, it's only for some people, but I'm not one of them. That is crazy. No way. He looks at you as his child, and he says, I promise you, I'm going to give it. It's for you, for your children, for all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God will call. There's a word from God that's a promise, and he wants to fill you with his spirit, not just a heavenly thing. He wants to fill you with his spirit so that you can engage in spiritual warfare, so that you can live victorious. And that's why he gives you this prayer language, and you should be utilizing it. You should be every single day in your prayer time. There's a lot of people that have been filled with the Spirit, and some are probably sitting here right now or watching online, and you haven't prayed and spoken tongues in about four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven years. Listen, tonight is your night to get to this altar, to raise those hands up, and to begin to worship God. And there is a refilling there. If you're here tonight and you have never been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Get to this altar tonight. God will give it to you. What in the world is going to keep you from getting this? Well, it's just, maybe it's pride, or maybe it's unbelief, or maybe it's consumed with the things of the world. Set that aside. This is the most powerful thing you're going to do in 2023, is get the Holy Ghost. It's the most powerful thing that God wants to do for you. And so if, you, if you're here and you've been filled at one point, you've never, you've, it's been a long time, get up here. Pursue God. He'll refill you. Why? Because he wants you speaking in tongues every single day. Why? Because there's spiritual warfare. There's people he's going to give you burdens for. You're going to begin to cry out, and the Spirit's going to make intercession for groanings that cannot be uttered. It's Bible. The Spirit of God that fills us knows the mind of God, and the Spirit makes intercession for us. And, and so, and, and, and because prayer is more than just a spiritual discipline, it's more than just a thing that we go, okay, I got 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour. I, I, these are things I just got to do each day, and oh, that's right, I forgot to pray. I got to go in there. No, it's more than just a checklist. It's more than just a spiritual discipline. Pr- prayer, prayer is powerful. It's plugging into God. It's, it's, it's a weapon in the spiritual realm. And one that we are not yet using to its max capacity. But God is inviting us into deeper things. God is looking at us and he's going, here's where you are and I love you and I believe in you. As I said, he's pulling us into this next place and he's looking at us and he's going, I believe in you and I'm calling you and I want to take you deeper and I want to show you things and I want to reveal things to you. But what will you do with my invitation? From its inception, the early church was severely resisted by Satan. And I'm not going to be much longer, but it was severely resisted, as well as religious governmental authorities. Peter and John were newly filled with the Spirit. And if you're here going, man, you got to serve God a certain amount of time, or do a certain amount of ministries, or have a license, or, or, or be an authorized minister, and, uh, Peter and John, they're like brand new Spirit-filled believers just walking up and be like, hey, well, silver and gold have I known, but such as I have, get out of these. Rise up, and then, man, it's crazy, God backed them up. And so Peter and John, they're on their way to this prayer meeting, and at that temple gate, they encountered a lame man and healed him through the power of the Spirit. This caused great disturbance and opposition mounted. They were arrested, they were threatened, and then released. But when they get released, man, we'd be like, what would we do? 
I can't believe this. God's going to let this happen. I can't believe God would let this happen. I just healed somebody. And then God lets me get beat up in prison. This is insane. This is crazy. My wife were talking, and I were talking about this today. And she was talking about, yeah, it's just incredible. I think what God's doing is when you, when you grow, and he, he calls us to, to be like a tree planted by the rivers of, of water. And he, 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 when you have a root system, it just starts to go deeper. But when you, when you plant something, all we're looking to do, we plant something, we just want to come out and see, where's the flower? Where's the thing? Where's the greenery? I want to see the shrubs. I want to see this. But, you know, before you ever see that, there's some, we don't go out there every day and go, man, oh, that's a beautiful root system. Man, I just, I, I'm just thinking about how deep those roots are getting right now. And, and, oh, my goodness, as I watered that and the sun hit it, I just, I wonder how much more the root just went down. I, I wonder. But you see, before you have ever, have the life that is measurable and seen, there's been something happening under the surface for, for months. Right now, you might not be yet. We're not in the building, God us to be weird. We're confused about some things. Oh, man. And God's going, I'm calling you deeper, but how do I get there? And we just want to see results. We just want to see the flowers. But right now, what God is doing is he's developing the root system. And it's just getting deeper. It's getting deeper and healthier. Why? Because it's getting to the place where it's going to withstand when, when, when the winds come and, the, and it's still going to stand because the roots are deep. And so for them, they came out of that time. They were released. And where'd they go? They went to a prayer meeting. A prayer meeting developed, resulting in a powerful response from the Spirit. Read about in Acts 4, verse 23. As soon as they were freed, they started to complain. They questioned God. They were frustrated that he would allow this. No. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Now, I don't care how strong you are, how powerful you are. You're trying to live for God, and the first people that did this miracle get in prison, beat up, and a public spectacle of them. I don't care who you are. There's something in you going, oh, are we good? Oh, man. And so they don't sit around and go, Oh, I'm scared. What should we do? The first thing they do is going, this is spiritual opposition. We can't fix this. We don't have answers for this. You're not going to have answers for what you face every Monday through Friday. But instead of complaining and skipping church and saying, God, why would you let this? And all these things... What I want to do is I want to go to the other believers and go, here's what just transpired. You're not on an island. Peter, oh, oh, Peter and John, they're great men of God. Yeah, and look what they did. They went to the other believers and said, here's what happened. And when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. You want to go into the next level? Here's how it is. You're going to face things. You don't have to go, well, I just don't want to bother people. I just don't want to tell anybody. I don't want anybody to think I'm weak. Imagine if Peter and John. Peter's like the face. 
He's like the head, the guy that stands up and preaches the message. And he's coming to the other believers. Y'all, this is what just happened to me. And he did not try and be fake. He didn't, he didn't complain. He just said, no doubt in my mind, there probably might even been a little bit of fear. Wow, that's just what transpired. I don't know what's going to happen, but they, they beat us up. They imprisoned us. And so they said, I'm, I'm telling you, other believers, and, say, they, and all of them in unity said, we got to begin to pray right now. we got to begin to lift our voices to the Lord God Almighty. And they said, oh, sovereign Lord, listen to this prayer, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Let's start with praise. Let's start with putting God where he is. It did not start with, Lord, we got problems. Oh, Oh God, what am I going to do about this? No, no, no. I'm not going to tell God about my problem. First, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell my problem about my God. First, I'm going to start and go, God, you created everything. You're the Lord of the universe. You made the sea. You got all things in your hands, and that's where I'm going to start. You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, "Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with the futile plans, plans, plans?" Verse 26, the kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, that this has happened here in this very city. You see, they knew the word. They said, I'm going to go back to the word because if I can go back to the word, that the, the word builds faith. Because I can go back to the word. I can say, hang on a second. I feel like I've read something about this before and God was victorious. So let me remind you, God, you're all powerful and in control and you've done this before and I know that you can do it again. And so I'm going to remind you, and, and it's happening right in the city, for Herod Antipas, for Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, the people of Israel who are all, were united against Jesus, your holy servant whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will even though we knew hey man it was a tough time we all fled they they beat you they put a crown of thorns in your head hung you naked let your blood spill down onto the ground and at that moment we might have been a little afraid and a little uncertain about what you were doing God but now hindsight's 2020 we look and we see the big picture and know you had a plan that I look backward and right now you might be in a situation where you're looking at your life going I don't know what his plan is. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know what that's going to do. But if you just keep pursuing God, you're going to get to the point where you look backward and go, my goodness, I didn't understand at that moment. But when I look backward, I see that all things work together for good. That Herod and Pontius thought that they were in control. They were never in control. They were never had. God was never losing. He was never at a moment, even though he looked like he was losing. He was never, ever behind in the score and so they acknowledge that and they say and now oh lord hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word meaning they probably weren't feeling it at that moment but they said, God, we know you've done this before. You can do it again. And right now, in unity, we are all lifting our voice because we got to have some boldness to do what you have called us to do. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And that's a pretty neat prayer. And God must have accepted it because look at verse 31. He says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook 
Can you imagine going from, oh my goodness, wow, we got the Holy Ghost. Oh, we just healed somebody, getting beat up and in prison, coming back to the believers going, what do we do now, God? Let us remind you, we got to bring, we got to raise our voices in unity. God, you got to help us. And all of a sudden, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of fear, in the midst of desiring boldness, going, what's next? What do we do now? How are we going to get there? God, we need you. The place just starts to shake. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Notice Acts 1.8 says, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power to be witnesses. If you're saying, man, I'm just, I'm not a real bold person. I'm not, I'm not a real strong witness. Maybe it's because you're not tapped into the Spirit enough. Because he says the first mention of the book of Acts and the Spirit, you're going to be power to be a witness. And they said, God, we got to have boldness to preach your word. And what happens before they get the boldness? They're all filled or refilled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because in order to walk with that type of power and authority and boldness, we got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so could you imagine that as you're praying in this time, the place just starts to shake and you feel an angelic visitation. You feel God step into the room. That's what we need tonight. My goodness, this is Wednesday night. You know, we got things to do. No, we need God to step into this place tonight and shake this place. We need God as we go, God, I don't know where we're going. Where's the building? How we're going to grow? What's going to happen? Where should we go? What should we do? We don't need to talk about the problem. We got to say, I look back and read your word. And every time you win, every time you had a plan, so, so many times, they didn't know what the plan was. They didn't know. That's why God showed up in lion's dens and fiery furnaces and parting red seas. Don't tell me they knew the end of all those stories. They just said, I'm going to walk with God and let him do what he can do. That's what we're doing right now. But we need to go. I need to get to, to a place where the church, where the body of Christ doesn't just sit here like this, but where we do what they did in the book of Acts, that they say, and they, and, and, and they heard their threats, and they said, and they grabbed one another, and they lifted their voice in unity. They began to cry out to God. And that is when God said, I'm going to meet you and I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you. Notice the way it all went down as the musicians come. There was an invitation from God to go to greater depth and power. And right after, there's miracles, signs, and wonders, and then opposition. I just see our story here. God's moving, miraculous stewardship campaign by land, and all of a sudden, boom, opposition. Opposition, though, didn't make them angry or bitter toward God. It drove them to deeper levels of prayer yes. and unity. Amen. For me, it's beautiful. We're in a journey together. That doesn't scare me. That doesn't break us down. That makes us stronger. Because we come together and we raise our voice in unity to God. And we go, God, we need you. Not just for a building, but for our situation, for what you're doing, for who you've called us to reach. We need you, God. And the church came together in prayer. 
And after a time of unified prayer, the place shook with the Holy Ghost. Church, it's time for us to come together in unified prayer. It's time for us to gather around an altar, just like I imagine Peter and John showing up. Guys, are you all right? Man, I don't know. Here's what happened. And I don't know who, I don't know if it was just spontaneous. It doesn't say somebody said, all right, let's get it together a time of prayer. If we could just gather around in a circle. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if it was just somebody started crying out as they heard the story. I don't know if somebody just started leading the way as they just begin to lift their voice in prayer. I don't know if someone stood up like Peter did on the, Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost when he stood up with the 11 and there was, a, there was a, a, a mouthpiece for the group. I don't know, but all I know is that a group of people owned it together. They were like, hey, they hit you, Peter and John, but you know what? They hit all of us. And, and so right now, we, we, got, we got to gather together. We got to raise our voice. We need boldness right now. We need God. And so, God, I know that you can do this. I know that, I know that you're strong. I'm going to exalt who you are. I'm not going to talk about how scared I am and the problem. I'm just going I'm, I'm, I'm to think about how powerful you are. But, God, I know we need you right now. And when they did that, the place just just began to shake and and so it's not time to be bitter at opposition it's paving the way for deeper relationship for greater anointing yeah god might put someone in your life right now some person that you're going man i can't stand that person but you know what it's going to drive you to a place of authority and prayer it's going to drive you to a place of deeper anointing and greater power and greater in authority but before that comes before we are able to stand firm and be victorious we've got to learn to pray without ceasing and so i believe as you stand to your feet tonight that god is once again once again Oh, it's kind of, I didn't really expect God to shake the foundation after they just got beat up and arrested. Well, you might not expect God to shake the foundation on a Wednesday night when you rolled in here tonight either. But I'm telling you, God wants to do something tonight. This is not a time to just go, interesting sermon, that was really good. I can't wait to see what God does. No, God wants to do it right now. God wants to do it right here. He wants to, sometimes that will make us feel unstable in our, and we're kind of shaky, but no, fear not, boldness, power, spiritual authority. That's what's coming next. God's looking at you going, I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to deeper things. I'm inviting you to greater commitment, greater consecration. I'm inviting you into a place of greater authority greater power you might not know how you're going to get there you might not know what the next step is but if you're willing to get together with people of like precious faith and say hey unity right now let's raise our voices let's raise our hands let's begin to say god enter this place tonight begin to shake us lord right now god we want it we want it we're hungry for it god i want it right now jesus i want to go deeper lord i'm ready god i'm going to put on the whole armor i'm going to stand i'm going to put on i'm going to stand strong I'm going to raise my voice. Church, it's time right now. I'm telling you on a Wednesday night in April, God's ready to shake this place up. God's ready to do some things for you right now. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, my goodness, He's going to fill you. If you need a refilling and it's been too long, get to the altar and raise your hands. He'll refill you tonight. That's 
a prayer language. He's, he's going to equip you for spiritual warfare. He's getting ready to do some things that doesn't just include Wednesday night and Sunday afternoon. God's getting ready to equip you right now for what's going on on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday. You've been having arguments in your home with your spouse. It's going to end because you're getting ready right now to say in the name of Jesus, this is a spiritual attack and I ain't having it no more. You're going to work, walk into the workplace going, no, I know who I am in you. God, help me to see this place through your eyes. Help me to walk around and look at people that I work with and come alongside them and go, let me see them in their situation through your eyes. But that's only going to come when you are a man or a woman of prayer. You are the fervent, effectual prayer of the righteous man. Availeth much. It's time right now for the church of the living God to raise their voice and let God meet us right now where we are.